Today's message was recorded live at the Middletown Seventh-day Adventist Church of Louisville, Kentucky, a safe environment where people relationships become kingdom relationships. Find us online at www.friendlychurch.com. Good morning and happy Sabbath, everyone. Happy Sabbath to the members of Middletown SDA Church, friends, and the visitors of Middletown SDA Church. Um, I hope this message finds you all well this Sabbath day after Christmas, and I hope you all enjoyed your holiday with your family and friends. Unfortunately, I am not there to give this message to you live today. Uh, As many of you know, and if you didn't, you now know, I recently moved back to Arkansas. Close to the family now, it was a blessed opportunity that came about. The Lord worked that situation out for me, and I took that opportunity to move back home. So, although Louisville was a second home, and I'll miss you all, in fact, I do miss you all, I'm glad to be back uh, closer to the family, and it was time. I want to say thank you to Middletown SDA Church for the lessons that they taught me. And the friendships that they shared with me and the love they shared with me in my time there. I uh, will miss each and every one of you. I uh, already miss the ability or the opportunity to shake a hand, give a hug, receive a hug, share a meal, and just have that interaction face-to-face that Middletown is so well known for and that we're so blessed to have in that culture. I pray to God keep you all And I do hope that one day in the not too distant future that I can come and visit with you guys. And I want to let you know that if any of you are ever in Little Rock, Arkansas, please stop by and look me up, visit me, and I'll be happy to fellowship with you. You know, it's funny. I lived most of my youth into my adult life uh probably about 1.1 miles, I believe, to be exact, from a SDA church right here in Little Rock. However, it took me traveling all the way to Louisville, Kentucky to discover the SDA faith. God truly works in mysterious ways, and it just goes to show you that he can reach you no matter where you are or when you are, and his ways are not our ways. He may not come when you want him, but again, he is always on time. That may sound cliche, but it's true. And just because it's said a lot doesn't mean it's it's any less true. Truth never changes. Before we get started today, I'd like to have a word of prayer to prepare me to share this message with you and to prepare our hearts to receive this message. Let us bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we come to you in prayer, thanking you, Lord God, for this opportunity to come before the throne of grace, to hear a word from on high, Lord. I pray that you use me to speak truth, to share what you would have the people hear, Lord. I pray that I not say anything that is unacceptable, and if so, Lord, please forgive me. Please remove anything from me now that is unacceptable in thy sight. And please prepare our hearts and our minds to receive your message, Lord God. Write it in our hearts and minds. And please, Lord, 
empower us with the infilling of your Holy Spirit. And again, we thank you, Lord. We just thank you for this blessed Sabbath day and this opportunity to worship you, the true and living God. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you. So today I want to talk about the perfect gift. The perfect gift. In fact, the title of this sermon is The Perfect Gift, Batteries Included. And you'll see why as the message progresses. You know, thinking back to when I was a child, I, I, I started listing uh, a lot of my favorite toys, a lot of the favorite gifts I received over the years. And as a child, we don't care about clothes. We care about toys. <laughs> At least I did. Um, so going down my personal list of faves over the years, um, my mind went back to a action figure that lit up, made noises, push a button. All kinds of crazy stuff starts happening. Now, it was an action figure, so you could articulate the movement of the figure with your hands by manipulating the joints, but it was those extra sounds that it made that mimicked the movie the action figure was from, or the the extra movement it would make because of the, the button you pushed that, to me, sent that toy over the top, made it more than just a regular action figure. And as I got a little older... I started gravitating towards uh, train sets. I remember my aunt bought me a train set, and I loved that thing. My dad bought me a couple of train sets over the years, all of which I loved. But I really like a good train set, being able to to watch it tow the other cars behind it, being able to load different things in the in the in the compartments of the train cars it's towing, and and watch it chug up or down. A hill around the corner. I thought that was very fascinating and exciting. As I get yet a little older, I started liking cars. In fact, I still like cars, but I'm talking about race cars. I'm talking about not just your Hot Wheels, but the electric race cars that you put on a racetrack and you push a button and you race your friend. To see who could make it around the track as many times as they could first, or in first place rather, without sliding off the track, having a, a wreck, or just being too slow to win the race. And then as I get a little older now, in my teenage years, um, video games was the one thing that really stuck out in my mind that I really, really enjoyed. I remember when Nintendo came out. Tecmo Bowl, stuff like that. Oh man, that was that was something fun. And if you ever played Tecmo Bowl, and you played with the, with the Raiders, and you had Bo Jackson, you could never lose that character. You could not stop him, no matter what you did. But those little tips you pick up along the way just by being in the culture of playing with those games. And of course, Tecmo Bowl eventually be, became what we now know, what I think, is Madden. And uh, my Nintendo was replaced by a Sega Genesis over the years. And the games got a little bit more advanced. But at the end of the day, it was, it was still a video game. It was, some, it was a fun time. Many hours I spent or wasted 
uh, playing those things I don't even want to talk about. But in my mind, those were perfect gifts as a child and as a teenager growing up. Those were awesome, perfect gifts. And, you know, I imagine kids today are not much unlike I was because I happen to know for a fact that the two hottest, or should I say three hottest items this Christmas season to buy are the PlayStation 5 gaming console and the Xbox S series or X series consoles. You can't keep those things in stock at Walmart or Best Buy, Target, anywhere. Um, people line up around the block whenever there's a restock to try to get one. Or they try to jump online and make purchases as fast as they can before they're all gone. And yet somehow they're all gone. So video games are still as popular today as ever, maybe even more so given the current COVID-19 situation that the world's dealing with. But as I thought about those different items I named, the action figures, the race sets, the train sets, the video games, I realized that that was something that they all shared, something that they all have in common. And I don't know if you realize it yet, or if you thought about it, but they do. So I want to give you a second just to think for a minute. Just ponder for a moment. What do all of these things I named have in common? Some might say the color. Mm. Not exactly. But that, I mean, they could, I guess. Anything could be painted, any color. But that's not what, what it is. It's not the color. It's not the value, even. How much they cost. It's not that. Or the brand. It's not even the manufacturer. I'll tell you what it is. They all require a power source. Each and every one of them requires a power source. Now, that power source may vary as to what it is. It could be a plug-in power source that you plug into an electrical outlet in your home or office, or it could be a battery power source, portable power source like uh, alkaline batteries, regardless of the size, DC, doesn't matter. But they do require power. That's the one thing that all of these toys have in common in order to enjoy them to their fullest. Now, some of these items that I mentioned can be enjoyed partially without power. Take the action figure, for example. It's an action figure. You can articulate the arms and legs on it. You can pose it. You can pretend that it's on an adventure as it's designed to do, but you can't get those extra sound effects that maybe your parents paid for. You can't get those extra lights and, and effects that you're looking for to enhance your experience without the battery. So you need power to get the full effect of that toy. It may be cool to look at even, but again, you can't quite fully enjoy it as you could if you had all of the bells and whistles, or should I say all of the required components in order for it to work properly. Same can be said for the train and the, the, race, the race car sets. You could push them around a, a track. Probably wouldn't want to because you'd damage them. And it just would not be nearly as much fun as if you could push a button and it go on its own power, right? And yet other things I mentioned, like the video game, for example, 
are completely useless without power. Without electricity, you can't even see the game. It won't even function. It does nothing that it's supposed to do without an electrical power source. So, you see, although in my mind at the time these were perfect deals, what really made them perfect was having all of the necessary components. Uh, there's two words that as a child, I thought were the bee's knees when receiving any kind of gift that required electrical power, and that was batteries included, which is the subtitle of today's text or today's lesson, should I say. It's going to be, it is the perfect gift, batteries included, because we received the perfect gift. The true perfect gift we receive is the gift of Christ, the gift of salvation through our, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That is the perfect gift. It's better than any of those gifts I named. It's even better than the PlayStation 5 for you young kids out there today. Um, and why is it the perfect gift? Hopefully by the end of this lesson you'll understand why and I can articulate that to you or express that to you in a way that you understand and hopefully agree with. Getting a great gift like a video game system or an electrical train set yet not having the power in which to run those things is the difference between receiving the perfect gift and receiving a perfect disappointment. It's the difference between an awesome gift and a good attempt at giving an awesome gift. You have to have all the required components for it to work or to truly enjoy it. Without all the required components, you're left to wait until you have all the necessary pieces to start enjoying your gift. It's kind of like close but no cigar. Like, yeah, it's yours, but you got to wait until tomorrow when the store is open again before I can go get you some batteries and you can actually enjoy it or before I can get the get the electrical outlet fixed or get another extension cord or you have to wait for me to unplug something before you can plug your toy in and enjoy it. So having all the necessary components up front really allows us to enjoy the perfect gift. So the perfect gift we received in the salvation of Christ in John 3.16 it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Now that's a gift directly from God himself. He gave him son. He gave a part of himself to us to restore a relationship that was damaged and lost in the Garden of Eden. He gives us the perfect opportunity to come back home to him. And not only does he give us that, but his perfect gift comes with its own batteries. It comes with power. And we're going to talk a little bit about that power here as we move on. So what is this power to the perfect gift, you might ask? Well, that power is and always has been the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the power source for our perfect gift. Again, batteries included. Now, we may not always tap into that power source. In fact, how often do we as Christians go through our life without tapping into our full power source, living up to our full potential as Christians? Think about it. 
Maybe you receive a new job, but it's not all it's cracked up to be. Things aren't going as well as you expected to on that new job. It's super stressful. You come home exhausted and frustrated after work. Or maybe you have a life-altering decision looming. A big move. Uh, which college you should go to. Maybe you're proposed to or you're thinking about proposing. You want to know if you should get married or not. Should you sell the house? Should you buy the house? Major life-altering decisions that sometimes can overwhelm us. And maybe you just don't feel the joy of your salvation anymore. Maybe you just don't feel the same zeal or excitement when you sit a service or go to worship service on the Sabbath. And these can all be overcome, by the way. But have you ever felt that way? I know I have at times in life. I've felt all of these all of these things at some point or another throughout my life. And looking back, I realized why I felt those things. Number one, it's because the enemy will tempt us. The enemy will try to seek whom he can to destroy. And we're, as God's children, he wants to destroy us. So Satan will throw his darts, his arrows at us. He'll give us turmoil on the job and our families with our own relationships with our children and our, our spouses. He'll uh, give us self-doubt. In fact, he gave me self-doubt to even even uh, share this message with you today. I remember when Pastor Marius first asked me to, to speak, I politely declined, feeling that I was not worthy to do so. And I'm not saying I'm worthy now. I'm just simply saying that if God calls you to do something, you, he will equip you to do it. And it took, it took an angel stepping in my path and, and sharing that message with me for me to get to get out of my own way and to be here today. Now, I may not be a great orator, but if God wants me to share his word, I'm going to share it. Because he wouldn't ask me to do anything that he would not empower me to do. But again, showing how the Holy Spirit empowers us, I want to share a scripture with you here. In Titus 3 and 5, it says, and I'm reading the English Standard Version, it says, He saved us not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. The renewal of the Holy Spirit. So as I stated earlier, the Holy Spirit is the power source to our, to our perfect gift. It is the it takes care of the batteries included portion of the of, of the sermon title and of the point that I'm trying to 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 make here. The Holy Spirit is what directs us to receive water baptism in the first place when we first hear the good news of Jesus and we believe. That's the Holy Spirit touching our hearts. It also gives us the power to walk the Christian life and, and to, to be successful at walking this Christian life. Christ himself demonstrated the power of the Holy Spirit when he was tempted by Satan. Turn with me to Luke 4, verses 1 through 13. This is the temptation of Christ. And it reads, again, English Standard Version, and Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by the devil. And he ate nothing those days. 
And when they were ended, he was hungry. And the, the devil said to him, If you're the son of God, command this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered him, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone. And the devil took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And he said to him, To you I will give all this authority and their glory. For it has been delivered to me, and I give it to whom I will. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. And Jesus answered him, It is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. So then the devil took him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you're the son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to guard you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against the stone. Notice here that Satan tries to reverse it. He starts to quote scripture. But Jesus, being full of the Holy Spirit, is too smart for that. And Jesus answered him, It is said, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until a more opportune time. So that was the first chess match between Jesus and Satan. And, and, and Jesus won, obviously. Satan fled from him because he could not overcome the power of the Holy Spirit which was protecting Christ. It was protecting him, giving him the strength he needed to not give in to hunger, to not give in to all the temptations and the lusts of the flesh the devil tempted him with. Think about it. Power, authority over all the nations of the world, turning stones into bread in the middle of being hungry, extremely hungry, Asking you to throw yourself off a cliff because you know that you're the son of God and that the angels will protect you. He, he did all these different things to try to coerce Christ into giving it a temptation, yet he resisted in his most vulnerable state. Or at least what the enemy thought was his most vulnerable state. But what the enemy didn't realize is Christ was filled with the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God himself. The Spirit of God himself. The Holy Spirit is what empowered Christ. To resist the devil in his human form. And we have access to that same Holy Spirit today. We have that same Holy Spirit available to us this very day. Another example of the power of the Holy Spirit, uh, also in the same chapter, if we move down to Luke 4, verses 14 and 15, it reads, And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit, to Galilee and a report about him went out through all the surrounding country and he taught in their synagogues being glorified by all so again the power that Jesus exuded by being filled with the Holy Spirit his mere presence excited people the authority that he carried because he was filled with our father's spirit and if you go down and read uh, Luke 4, verses 31 to 37, you'll see yet another manifestation of the power of the Holy Spirit when Jesus healed a man who was afflicted with an unclean spirit. So as you can see, there's, these are just a few of many examples of how 
The Holy Spirit is the power source and it's an abundant power source. Because if Christ gives us eternal life, the Holy Spirit gives us eternal power. As far as the Godhead, right? Three in one. Now, how do you tap into this Holy Spirit? How do you receive this power that Christ had? Because he told us that we would have it. He said in the book of Acts that we would do these things that he did, and even greater things shall we do. Well, he gives us the perfect example on how to do it. Because as with any great gift, it does come with a few assembly instructions, right? And uh, the assembly instructions to that is prayer and faith. That's how we tap into it. We follow Christ's example and we pray and ask God for the infilling of the Holy Spirit and have faith that he will deliver. Turn with me to Luke chapter 3 verses 21 through 22. Here in Luke chapter 3 verses 21 through 22 it reads, When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And he was praying. Heaven was open. And the Holy Spirit descended on him like in a bodily form like a dove. Did you catch that? The Holy Spirit descended upon him. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. The first thing that this that the that the text says that he did was he was baptized and the Holy Spirit descended on him. A rich prayer life is the key to receiving the Holy Spirit. Whenever you are feeling overwhelmed in life, or you have those major decisions you have to make and you don't know which way to turn, pray about it. Ask for the infilling of the Holy Spirit to give you the sermon and wisdom. It will guide you. It will show you what you must do. Another example of this is uh, Christ himself prayed when making major decisions. As in Luke 6, verse 12, 23, we'll see where Christ himself prayed to, so that he would make wise decisions. It says that uh, one, of those, one of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. When morning came, he called his disciples to him and chose 12 of whom he also designated apostles. So when Christ chose his, his disciples, which would become the apostles, he had to really think about that decision. He had to make sure that he chose men of valor, good men to, to carry on his message in his absence because he knew that his time on this earth was limited and that he had to establish his church. That's a big decision. Think about it as a fact of, think about it in a way of if you had a business. You want to make sure that the person you hire to run your business when you step down and hand the reins over is going to be able to keep it going, keep it successful so that future generations can benefit from it, right? Well, that's what Christ had to do, except this is even more serious. We're talking about the business of saving souls here. So he prayed and chose the correct man to carry the business of soul winning and spreading the gospel of Christ throughout the world.
And when he received, first received the Holy Spirit, it says he was baptized and he was praying. It said so right there in, in, in verse 21. And he was baptized too and he was praying. So that's how you receive the Holy Spirit. You gotta get baptized, water baptism, but even more important that you gotta be baptized of the Spirit. You pray for it. You open your heart and minds to let go and let God guide you in your everyday life and everyday activities. Being completely vulnerable and open to God, acknowledging Him in all things is how you get the Holy Spirit. And again, having the faith to know that He will do what He says He will do and that He has your best interests at heart. So Christ showed us twice that He prayed and was baptized with the Spirit. But it's all about prayer and obedience and following God. How many times in the Bible have we saw where Christ said that He and His Father are one? They're one filled with the Spirit, the same Spirit. They share the same Spirit. We have that Spirit available to us. When you are filled with the Holy Spirit, there's four common changes that one undergoes. One will be that after you receive the Holy Spirit, you have a stronger desire to study God's Word. Remember earlier, I think I mentioned that maybe you don't feel the joy of your salvation. Maybe you don't read your Bible as much as you should or go to Bible study as much as you should. But when you get that infling of the Holy Spirit, you crave to be at the foot of the Father. You crave to be immersed in His Word. You have a strong desire to study His Word more. The Holy Spirit also makes us have more earnest prayers. Our prayers go from the superficial, Lord, please give me that new car. Lord, please bless me with uh, a husband or wife or that thing. It becomes more earnest than that. We pray for things that affect others more so than ourselves, for their health, for their strength they may be saved and those that are saved that they may be healed with whatever's afflicting them that we can be used to to help bring about the very change that we seek in the world a more earnest prayer life is one of the things we'll have which also leads to a change in lifestyle and a deeper and the change in lifestyle would be maybe you don't go to places you used to go anymore Maybe you don't eat or drink some of the things you used to eat or drink. Maybe you don't say or use the language that you once engaged in. And finally, a deeper repentance. A true humbling of oneself. A true desire to turn away from sin. True heartfelt sorrow when you know that you grieve the Spirit or you've done something wrong. Just a burning desire to to repent and get back in God's grace, to make amends for whatever it is that you've done. You feel very woeful when you're wrong because the Holy Spirit guides us and shows us how we should feel. It teaches us the difference between right and wrong. It gives us wisdom. It completely led the early church and it still leads the church today if we only allow it to do so. And when we do allow it to do so, we will then have the power of the church in the early days, of the church in the book of Acts. We will walk by faith and not by sight. We will do less planning 
and more doing. Not doing because of plans we made or committees we've set up, but doing because the Holy Spirit will guide us where we need to go and put us exactly where we need to be to do what it is we need to do. The best laid plan of mice and men often go awry because they're just plans by mice and men. They're not plans from God himself. Proverbs 6, 16 and 9 reads, The heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his step. Proverbs 16 9. Jesus promised to send his Holy Spirit also when he was preparing to ascend to heaven. In Acts chapter 1 verses 4 through 5, it says, And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Not many days from now. Even as Christ was preparing for his ascension again, he, he mentions the Holy Spirit in Acts. Uh, we continue to read 6 through 8. He goes on to say, So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the time or the seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will by my witness in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So God promises us power when we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, when it comes upon us. And here Christ is referring to the early outpouring, the early rain, as it's often referred to, which is the, fir the first large outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon the earth. That is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that we should be praying for daily that early rain to prepare us for the latter rain, which would be the second outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the latter days. There's a whole nother lesson on that, so I won't delve off into that topic here today. But we should be praying for the Holy Spirit. That's the instruction on how to get the Holy Spirit. And once we get the Holy Spirit, we are empowered to do God's work and do it effectively. And once we're empowered to do God's work and do it effectively, we now are capable of fully enjoying our salvation, fully enjoying our perfect gift. So to sum it up, there are three things that make the perfect gift. That that object of your desire, that that thing that we, that we all should want and seek, that perfect communion with the Holy Spirit to enjoy the gift of our salvation. Number one is the salvation itself through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the perfect gift. He brings salvation. Second point is that the Holy Spirit empowers us to enjoy that perfect gift and to live up to the responsibilities of or should I say the obedience of the perfect gift, to be obedient and to walk in faith. 
that's the battery that comes that's the batteries included portion of that perfect gift and then finally every every item we receive comes with some assembly required right so you want to know how to tap into the perfect gift you want to know how to assemble this thing how to empower your perfect gift how to engage the power unit well that's done through prayer and faith those are our assembly instructions to pray and be faithful that god will do what he says he will do so i hope that this message today in keeping with the holiday season of gift giving and gift exchanging was motivational and inspired and insightful for you that listen today. I do appreciate you all listening. May God bless you and may God keep you. So we prepare to have a song from our praise team. <laughs>